Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Thomas Labens, a partner at Fitch, Even, Tabin and Flannery in California. Thomas is an intellectual property lawyer and registered patent trademark attorney who specialises in licensing, infringement, uh, validity analysis and copyright. On today's show, Thomas shares with us a case that predates his career as an attorney uh, and taught him the importance of taking a step back when problems seem unsolvable. Uh, I do very little what the typical person would think of as cases. Mm -hmm. So we we have things we call cases, but to me, a case is a patent application in my job. So when I, when I go to my paralegal or, or my secretary and I say, uh, we're going to do something on a case. It's we're talking about a patent application. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think most people on the street think of a case as somebody versus somebody before right. some sort of judicial officer. <laughs> so that's yeah. not my world. Um, sure. I've sure. been in that world and I've I've handled that kind of work, but the, but the vast majority of my career is not in that world. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think about okay, well, what's that one case for me? Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to do in that context. Um, there is, there is a, a few times, probably in my career, when I've when I've had that that sort of moment where the, this is really important what I'm mm-hmm. doing here. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my most important case, in terms of impact on my career and and setting my sort of philosophy and and mantra as a mm-hmm. lawyer, was in law school. It okay. was a. It was not a real case. Wow. It was uh, in my first year of law school, and you you take something like uh, a lawyering skills class. That's what it was called at, at my university. But but it's just sort of how to write a brief. Yep. Uh, how to how to write a pleading, that sort of thing. Very basic mm-hmm. introductory things. And near the end of that, we had uh, an appellate. Um, brief we had to write and then we had to argue uh, before uh, some student judges and um, uh, at the time online research was 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 definitely in the very earliest stages okay so uh, when you got on to Lexis or Westlaw you used a dial-up modem so that familiar squeal and all that was part of the experience and then you could actually in many cases, read the text faster than it appeared on your screen. Um, but being a technology enthusiast, that that was my wheelhouse, right? So I was, I loved that. And I wanted to do all of my research that way. And I recognized the power of being able to search for case law that way, as opposed to using a paper research, which was the dominant form of research at the time. And sure. And many of the older attorneys were very uncomfortable with this new fangled computer. Usually there's only one computer and it sat in the corner of the legal library and all the, the law clerks and the young associates would go over and do something on there and, and produce results. Uh-huh. And the older attorneys were familiar with the books. So we had this assignment and they had a, they had a, a, a legal question. It was a torts question actually involving a, a, a hypothetical individual who'd who I think jumped off a house or a balcony into a pool and was injured, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, there was a there was a question in the case. I believe it was on assumption of risk. So did this person uh, 
assume the risk that they would be injured based on the facts of this particular case. And uh, there was a split in California between uh, the appellate courts. So we had uh, appellate courts on one side and appellate courts on the other side. And, um, but none of them had specifically answered the particular legal question in this case that was being posed, which was intentional, of course, because we were as students assigned to one side or the other. And if there'd been a clear answer, that wouldn't have been a very challenging project right. for us students. Um, so they, they, they gave us this question where the courts could have gone either way on it. Well, about three days before the research cutoff in this case, there was a decision that resolved this question. And it, because I was uh, on the computer, I was the only student in the class that found this particular case that answered this question. Amazing. So I wrote my brief. I said, here's the answer. Here's the case. I was within the research cutoff deadline. And um, so my, my brief was the only brief that was right really in the whole class because mm -hmm. I had found the case and nobody else had found the case. And I'm sure the, the, uh, the, uh, the student uh, uh, assistant that was working for the professor running the class was furious because Gee, they had gee. worked diligently <laughs> to find this case that couldn't be resolved and I had resolved it. Amazing. And so I presented my brief. I got a, uh, in fact, I just found it in my garage the other day. I got a little certificate that said best brief award. Amazing. And uh, I, I did well. And in fact, when we did the oral argument, um, they said, Tom, you can't argue this case because uh, the oral argument would, wouldn't be very fun if, if you came in and just said, it's been resolved, your honor, here's the case. <laughs> so uh, they put me in it. They artificially changed the rules after the fact on me. Uh, because uh, uh, I don't know if you're a Star Trek fan, but uh, Captain Kirk famously uh, cheated on his exam uh, because they had this, uh, the, they, it was called the Kobayashi Maru, okay. this famous test that was this no-win situation for Starfleet captains. <laughs> and I had, I was Captain Kirk because I had, I had broken the, the test, if you will. <laughs> and so the, the lesson for me in, really though, was uh, that oftentimes if you keep digging and you keep stepping back from a problem and thinking creatively, getting out of your, your box, so to speak, getting maybe even out of the intellectual property law into other fields, getting into other technological fields, just keep abstracting away, oftentimes uh, solutions emerge. And um, that's been, that's been uh, an incredibly valuable lesson for my career um, to, to not take no for an answer, not, yeah. not in a stubborn way, but uh, if, you're, if you're at an impasse in a negotiation, uh, step back. What does the other side really need? Can we accomplish their goals mm. uh, and still achieve what our client wants by maybe shifting things around, restructuring things, being creative about how we approach uh, this problem with an examiner. What what's the examiner hung up on here? What's the examiner's real concern? Can we shift things around? Can we redefine the problem in a way that that we can get to a a, a positive result for our client? Mm. And so I just that's just been a defining approach to me in my career, and it really began I think back. Uh, in that law school classroom mm -hmm. where 
the problem had been defined by the professor and by, by the student assistant that was helping the professor. And instead of, of being stuck on this dilemma where there wasn't an answer, I effectively redefined the problem uh, by finding a case that fully resolved the issue that was being presented. And so uh, unfortunately, the rest of my uh, profession has figured out that online re research works pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So I can't use that trick anymore, you know, but I've, I've always continued to have that approach. Yeah, that's fantastic. I really love that. Do you know, well, that's the, firstly, that's the first uh, law school story we've had on here. So I really appreciate that and enjoyed that very much. Yeah, I redefined the problem, right? Exactly. I redefined the problem. <laughs> What a great example of thinking outside the box and uh, such a funny story too. My huge thanks to Thomas for sharing his story today. Um, if you did want to find out more about Thomas and Fitch, even Tabin and Flannery, you can find all the links in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. And if you did enjoy today's episode, please do share it with one person you think would also find it interesting. I'd really appreciate that. All the details on how to subscribe are again at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time when Richard Fields tells us the story of that one case. <laughs>